This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Dalvin Cook. That's what he can do. There he goes. Dalvin Cook. All the way in for a Viking touchdown. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. With the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, a lot of football to get to and a little baseball coming up, too. In about 20 minutes from now, we're going to hear all about Paul Aspett's trip to Vegas, a business trip, a show trip, and everything trip for Paul. We'll get to that, the uh, the scoop from Vegas from Paul Aspett coming up at 20 minutes. But right now, we're going to bring on our guest from FTN Bets, Jill Gallant, will join us right now to talk a lot about the NFL season coming up and, of course, maybe some baseball futures with the season winding down. Jill, happy to have you here. And, and one thing I want to start with, because I know – You've been on with us before. We've talked about home run props, and now we're getting towards football. So take us into your process, right? When you're thinking about thinking about a player who might score a touchdown, anytime touchdown score for same-game parlays, for just prop bets, how do you dive into why you think a certain player might score a touchdown in a particular game? Sure. Yeah. So, Joe's, thank you again for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, so I think, obviously, some of the basic stats anybody can look at is just kind of like snap counts or targets and receptions, carries in the red zone, catches in the red zone. A lot of the 2020 stats should carry over. But again, because it's week one, it's a new season, new personnel. There are some things that are going to change. So we can't bank on everything that we saw in 2020 to kind of roll over into 2021. But I do have a few tips that I think uh, anybody who's maybe betting the touchdown markets uh, for the first time uh, or even people who have been doing it, but then uh, are maybe entering in and looking for a little bit of a refresher. And I think the main thing that I would tell people, especially for week one and, and a little bit of week two is try not to bet every single player you like. I think the re- thing, the natural reaction entering a season because we have football withdrawal and you're hyped up you, you kind of want to make up time for a lost seat or for a long off season right so you almost uh start looking at every game and you end up maybe placing like two to three bets per game by the time you're done you're like oh my god i've got like 30 touchdown bets here like and, and you know uh they're a little bit more volatile than say some of the like sides and totals that you'll be playing so i think the best bet that i would say is try to limit yourself to four to five anytime touchdown scores um, for the Sunday games specifically, like the 1 p.m. Eastern and the 4 p.m. Eastern games, and maybe two touchdowns per primetime game. That way, if you're kind of looking at over a week spread, uh, you limit yourself at worst to maybe like a 10 to 11 unit loss on these types of props, as opposed to what some of my buddies have reported to me, like what they've shown is like they'll lose like 20 to 25 units because they literally just bet every single guy oh. that they think is going to hit. And, and and it's just brutal to watch. Uh, so that would be one of the top tips that I would say. And then, of course, 
don't bother putting money on on a guy who's on minus odds for a touchdown score. I mean, even the most profitable mm-hmm. touchdown scorer last year, uh, he was Devontae Adams, uh, minus odds in 15 of 16 weeks. If you had just blindly bet him every week, uh, you'd only be up like two units of profit. It's just not worth it from a long-term s- a strategy. So those would be the final, those big two tips uh, coming into week one. Uh, was it last year, or uh, maybe I'm thinking two years ago, when we had the run of primetime games quarterbacks first touchdown rushing it like the odds were insane i remember maybe am i thinking Wentz? he was like a 40 to 1 or, mm-hmm. or something at some point Wentz at uh, Saf- san francisco last year that yeah. was, what exactly, was it was a week one or week two but he was uh yes. 10 to one to score anytime and first touchdown it was 40 to one and i thought for sure they were going to hand it off to miles sanders in that position and he just took off and uh through the first four weeks i think he was the most profitable touchdown scorer because the books kept putting him at 600 or maybe plus 800 or plus 1000 and he just kept scoring like three of the first four weeks of the season i remember uh, the, play, the play too like the it was like a, a fake handoff to sanders and like the defense parted and he just like he just ran it in it was like the easiest touchdown of his career probably yeah, and I mean, coming out of North Dakota State and being like a 6'5 time type of quarterback and being a little bit more mobile than some of the average pocket passers, uh, I was shocked even at that time when he was plus 1,000. So those are the types of bets that you want to look at, especially these dual threat quarterbacks, uh, you know, uh, maybe to pander to my uh, audience here. But uh, Justin Fields, obviously, if he ends up getting the start, maybe <laughs> over Andy Dalton, maybe we might mm. be looking at him in the plus 400, plus 500 touchdown range. And he's somebody that I would bet immediately, even somebody like even like Trevor Lawrence, for example, I'd be looking at as well for week one, just because I think odds makers aren't really sure yet how to evaluate these quarterbacks from a rushing perspective. Whereas you've got guys like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, they're sitting there at plus 110, maybe even minus odds, depending on the matchup. All right, I've got a bunch of questions, but we don't want to spend all of our time on the first <laughs> first touchdown of the game. But I'll just throw a few things at you. And if you have anything, an opinion on it, uh, let's, let's just go. hit us. Is there more value if you bet it and how much more value bet it early? Because we know the majority of the public is going to come in. We've seen those lines move on the first touchdown props like in the hour or so before the game. When do they start popping? When can we go find them? Because if you look Tuesday, Wednesday, you're not going to find that. Uh, Do you just target on, on the full slate? Are you just targeting the high total games, just you have thoughts on any of that stuff? Sure, yeah. So for primetime games, you're looking at about one or two days before the game starts. So uh, Bucks cowboys lines probably won't be released for those for touchdown scores probably till Tuesday. Um, at that point, from a strategy standpoint, some of it is going to be a little bit of an odds play. Um, with that kind of game, of course, you're looking at a total of over 50. So I think it's fair to say that they're assuming it's going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. One of those teams is probably getting to 30 points probably going to be the Buccaneers playing at home. But uh, at that point, you start to kind of look at more of the long shots or maybe the mid-range guys, maybe like the like an Antonio Brown, who might be a little bit less value or probably sitting there at like maybe plus 200 as compared to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, rather, who will be at plus 150, maybe even plus 110, because, I mean, Mike Evans was just a goal line threat the entire season last year. Uh, And I think one of those things, I like to jump on them super early. Like I pretty much, I don't want to say I set my alarm first thing in the morning, but, you know, I'm waking up and that's the first market I'm looking at immediately just to see kind of where we're at. I kind of record all the odds and kind of just check to be able to see the variance as we as we're going into games and even week to week to make sure that I'm getting half decent value to make sure that it's actually worth betting because some guys, even though uh, not all plus 200s are created equal is kind of what I would say for a touchdown score bet. So that's kind of what I would look at now, even so for Sunday games, 
those won't come out till Saturday morning. So you're already going to be trying to get in there and uh, making sure that you can uh, kind of look at it and, and be on top of it. I think the one reason why I was saying to limit your bets for the Sunday games for 1 p.m. and 4 Eastern is because you have so many games to dive into. You get spread so thin from a uh, research and handicapping standpoint that you just can't really be able to dive in and focus the way you could on a primetime game where you're looking at specific matchups all across the board. You just can't dive that deep into it um, when there's 14 other games being played during the day as compared to a primetime game where you just have one specific matchup. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Gilles, let's look at the uh, the future market. We played uh, this segment in with a Dalvin Cook highlight. I was reading yesterday how the Vikings might use him more in the passing game this year. Might be more of a pass catcher. He's 18 to 1 offensive player of the year i know he's had injury issues in the past but when healthy we know how good dalvin cook is what's your thought on on a flyer on dalvin cook offensive player of the year you're speaking my language i have a bet locked in on him right now at 18 to 1 that i locked in a bet mgm so I, I agree like he's only played he only played 14 games last year and he is a bit of an injury risk because so far i mean he's entering his fifth season but he's already missed 25 games in his career and and for offensive player of the year Every game is so crucial for this type of award because it's so st statistic heavy. Um, and I mean, last year he had 16 rushing touchdowns, over 1,500 rushing yards, and he played two fewer games than Derrick Henry, who obviously went to over 2,000 yards and is the favorite for Offensive Player of the Year. But I do agree with the pass catcher side of things because he has 97 receptions over the last two seasons. And then if you look at like Derrick Henry over those last two seasons, he's under 50. And, uh, and if you look at Pete Dalvin Cook here coming into his fifth year, if he comes out with a couple huge games right off the hop, those odds are going to be halved. He's probably going to be maybe even plus 900, uh, maybe even less if he has some really good games coming out of the gate. And just looking at their schedule, the first eight games, there's really only two teams that I'm a little worried about of whether or not I would bet uh, maybe at any time touchdown score or whether or not uh, he would be in a position where he might get neutralized. And that's really the Browns and the Ravens. Um, but outside of those two games, I think he's going to be – pretty much in a prime spot to be able to lead the league in rushing, maybe lead the league in rushing touchdowns. And if Derrick Henry falters at all, or maybe Tennessee has a little bit of a slip up, you know, obviously uh, I don't think the Tannehill uh, news that we heard today is really going to affect them long-term. But again, it, it, uh, I just think with, from a value standpoint, when you're looking at Derrick around plus 800 plus 900, as opposed to Dalvin cook at 18 to one, when the talent is almost near identical to me. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook is just more of a value, especially from the production and output we've seen uh, when he's on the field. With Joe Galant from FTNBets.com. Follow him on Twitter at GDog5000. Joe Ostrowski, uh, Joe G here on the BetQL network. We all love to throw some darts that uh, we think 
can have a chance talk ourselves into it before the season starts anything uh anything big with a ton of value that you think is worth just you know throwing a few bucks on oh i love this alley you play here from you joe um i put in a pretty long shot bet here now i'm gonna say this this is one of those hear me out style bets i think the seahawks could finish with the worst record uh in the nfl and it's 125 to one now okay so even Warren Sharp commented on this just yesterday mm-hmm. that he wants to bet the under on the win total. He wants to pay, take the Seahawks to miss the playoffs, but Russell Wilson is the difference maker. And so my thinking was with this, and again, I would never say make a bet based on an injury or a potential of injury, but just kind of looking at the team top to top to bottom, looking at their backup quarterbacks. If Russ goes down early, let's say they win week one, but then he goes down in week two or just somewhere in the first two games, that team is, they're screwed. Like, they, based on schedule, roster depth, reliance on what he does offensively, um, it's really going to be bad if he gets hurt, like, to the point, like, where I don't really know how they could recover. I just don't think from a roster and coaching standpoint they can overcome those types of things like a like a team like Kansas City could or Tampa if, one, if their quarterback goes down because it just top to bottom, their roster is so good. And then also uh, just the coaching and the schedule, I just think they'll still get to maybe four to five wins. Um, to be able to still avoid this worst record aspect. But, you know, playing in the NFC West, Russ is so, they're so reliant on Russ to be able to generate things. I mean, I know that you guys can think of at least two or three games off the top of your head over the last two seasons of games where the Seahawks had no business winning and Russell just pulled it out of his butt. Uh, I personally think that the Seahawks at 125 to 1 is the bet to make. Or if you're looking for maybe a little bit less value, but still value, I would maybe look at the Atlanta Falcons at 30 to 1 just based on roster. And then if, Matt Ryan goes down, you know, it's just a train wreck there as well. So basically the play is a kind of a okay team or decent team, not a Super Bowl t- type of team. And there's no depth and the backup quarterback situation is, is not great. I mean, but both those teams you mentioned, Jill, the, McCarron got hurt in, uh, in Atlanta mm-hmm. and we know in Seattle, Russ has never missed the game. So they're not prepared at all. It's not like they have a young quarterback waiting to go. I, I do see the play. There. I mean, like both of those teams, if their quarterback went down, I don't know how they win games, any games. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that in comparison to like a Tampa or Kansas City or, you know, those teams could weather the storm and still get to five to six, maybe even seven wins if one of those two goes down like Brady or Mahomes. But I really can't see it. Like, I mean, Geno Smith just ain't it. Like, you know what I mean? If, it, if he's coming in for Russ, I can't see how they ever win a game. You know, I yeah. mean, you look at his record historically, I think outside of the eight and eight uh, rookie year where he maybe gave the Jets a little bit of flashes of brilliance there. Uh, he's been just a train wreck offensively a, a, as a starting quarterback. So again, it's it's a long shot bet for a reason. And again, Russ again ha- has been the picture of perfect health. But at 125 to one, uh, it's worth uh, it's worth some beer money. Uh, Why to squeeze in some baseball before we run out of run out of time here? Uh, did you stay away from the Jays home run props when they had their series against the White Sox because you're going against probably the best rotation in baseball uh anything else as we we head over to the football season because i i gotta tell you both of us bet baseball every single day we talk about it breaking down the card i just don't know how there's going to be enough time as college football and the nfl is about to enter our lives yeah i i mean i did uh i did have to uh respectfully uh, excuse myself from Blue Jays home run props uh, over the last uh, week, especially since George Springer went out of the lineup. I, I finished the month of August 
Uh, 10 wins and 25 losses. Again, not a great win percentage, but I still made almost six units of profit. And the reason why it's not more is because I went three straight days of losing seven straight bets of the Jays just going downhill and not being able to take a take a ball out of the park. Um, you know, middle of the pack power number since Springer went down, you know, um, outside of Marcus Semien, he's had five home runs this month, but 15 home runs since George Springer went down. Semien's got five of them. Team ranks in bottom three for home runs over the last two weeks. I just think the prop is dead now. Um, mm. Now, as far as a futures bet, what I've done for uh, baseball, I still think Robbie Ray at plus 650 for AL Cy Young is still Let's decent go. value. Um, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I know that we didn't get the best value if you're looking at it when you could get him, you know, plus 2,000 or higher, you know, before the season started. But I mean, since the start of June, in 16 starts, he's only given up three earned runs uh, or more than three earned runs once. He's got an ERA of 2.14 in that stretch of 16 starts, most strikeouts in that span of any starter. Uh, like again, the top end value is gone, but you re- he's really the only bet I would make at this point over like a Lance Lynn or Garrett Cole. And in the NL, I can't really argue against Walker Bueller at this point. He's probably been outside of Ray. He's been top to bottom, front to back, the most consistent pitcher in baseball. And then from a World Series bet, I took the Yankees at plus nine hundred. I-, I know that obviously it's a little bit yeah. dirty to want to bet on them, and you know, and but at the same time, you know, they're twenty nine and nine since the All Star break. And one of the things you're seeing from the starting pitchers, you're actually seeing some actual decent performances. Since the All-Star break, they've got a collective 3.17 ERA. That ranks third in Major League Baseball. In the first half, it was only, it was 4.57, and they only had one reliable starter in Garrett Cole. You know, you're starting to see a little bit more offensive production being right where it needs to be. So, yeah, I think the Yankees is the bet to make for the World Series right now at plus 900. It's a good one. They've been great. We appreciate it. Jill Gallant from FTN Best. Jill, we'll do it again soon. On the other side... Right here on Beckula Daily, we got to learn about Paul Aspen's trip to Vegas, a show trip, a business trip. We'll get the latest there. This is Beckula Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook on the Beckula Network.